Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by sharing and showing the love of Christ and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now, here is this week's message from Pastor Floyd Hughes. Um, Before we begin and jump into our Sunday sermon, can we do this? Can we say a prayer? Because there's a lot of people uh, just out sick with whatever the the flu bug, the RSV, the whatever, all kind of bugs. So I'm just going to ask you to uh, bow your heads. God, we lift up all those people uh, who are not just unable to join us today, but unable to join in Sunday celebrations uh, just around the nation because of the, the flu or because of a stomach bug or RSV or COVID or whatever it is. We pray that you still allow them to gather with your people. Uh, to experience your goodness and your grace and your mercy, and to hear your word and your truth proclaimed. Uh, Whether they're watching online or maybe they're listening uh, just online, but we still pray that they would be able to hear the truth of your word this morning, and we pray for healing for them in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen. Um, And uh, someone online said that they lost the audio is the little light going up and down on the thing still showing there's audio? Okay, all right. I just want to make sure. Uh, so uh, we're going to jump into a passage this morning uh, that might come across as a little rough. It's going to make some people upset uh, because it's talking about um, things that we should love and things that we should not love. So people already get upset when you try to tell them what they should do. They get even more upset when it's coming from God saying, uh, here's what people should do. Uh, so uh, before we jump into the passage, if you want to jump ahead, turn to 1 John chapter 2. But I want to give you some information that's going to help us better understand. Uh, because the Bible talks about love a little bit differently than we do, right? Uh, we have one word that we use for love. So my wife will say to me, you know, I love you like crazy, but she'll say the same thing about a good deal at Walmart, using the same word love, right? Uh, we say we love, you know, Italian food, and we love our puppies. Obviously, those are different loves. But the Bible has different words that it uses to describe the different types of love. Now, I apologize for the pictures that I'm going to put up. They're really kind of like grayed out. They looked good at home. But when I put them up this morning, they didn't look as good. So the first word that it uses is the word eros to talk about romantic love, right? Love between, you know, a husband and and their wife, that kind of love. Uh, And it's even the root word that's used in the word erotic, all right? There's another word called phileo love. And I apologize, this looks like one body, two heads, four arms. That's not what it is. Really weird picture. But it's phileo love, meaning brotherly love, like fond affection and caring about someone. Like that's what Philadelphia was named after, the city of brotherly love, right? So phileo talks about that kind of love. But then there is, and I apologize, this looks weird. It looks great on, look over there instead of at the projector. Looks great over there. Um, Agape love. That's the type of love that God has unconditional devotion and love, even when it's not returned. It's like giving 100% of yourself to love someone, to love a thing, or to love a person, right? Now, the biggest difference 
in these words, just so you, you, know, you know I'm not making this up, biggest difference in his words is in a conversation that John, the apostle John, recorded that took place between Jesus and the apostle Peter. So, I mean, you stay in First John, but I'm going to go to the Gospel of John for a minute, right? So this is a conversation that took place after Jesus rose from the dead, right? Jesus came, took bread, and gave it to them, did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. So his disciples were out fishing. They went back to their life. Uh, Jesus had already appeared to them, and now he appears to them again. They see him on the shore. He cooks them a meal, right? He makes some fish for them and some bread. And here's the thing. It says, <clears throat> excuse me, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. Now there's some theological stuff there that we can go into. We will do another time, maybe next time we go to the Gospel of John. But I'm going to put this up in the Amplified Version because there's two different words that are used for the word love. Even though um, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Peter said, yeah, I love you. But they use two different words. So I'm going to put it up in an Amplified Version because it expounds on that. So um, Simon, son of John, Peter uh, excuse me, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these, than these others do? And here's the word that he used, with reasoning, intentional spiritual devotion as one loves the Father. He used the word agape love. Do you have intentional, spiritual, unconditional love for me, like the way that you should love God? He's basically saying, do you love me the same way you love God, because Jesus is God. And Peter's response to him, he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you, that I have deep, instinctive, personal affection for you as for a close friend. Because he used the word for phileo type of love. So Jesus was saying, hey, do you have that unconditional spiritual devotion and love for me? And Peter said, yeah, I love you like a friend. Now, they go on and on into this, but the point is, those are two drastically different types of love, right? So if you have your Bible up, open uh, to 1 John chapter 2, we're going to continue walking through there. So in 1 John chapter 2, John says this, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. Now, I had someone couple of weeks ago, send me a comment and say, there are pastors who use verses like this to manipulate people and say, you, should, you shouldn't love your family, you shouldn't, you know, love your job, you should not love anything. And that's kind of what it sounds like he's saying. It sounds like that he's saying that we can't love normal things, right? Uh, it kind of sounds like he's saying um, you can't love, like, your job. I don't know how many people love their job. You can't love your favorite politician. I don't think too many people love their favorite politician. He's saying, Floyd, you can't love TikTok, although I do. Uh, you can't love pizza. You can't love puppies. He's saying, 
No one should have loved the fact that the Ravens lost, even though everyone in Pittsburgh loved it. They were yelling louder and screaming and, and rejoicing, right? But that's what it sounds like he's saying, and so people will manipulate this voice. But that's not actually what he's saying, because he's using the agape word for love. So now it reads differently when you put that in there, because John is saying, do not have unconditional love and devotion for the world or anything in the world. If anyone has unconditional love and intentional devotion for the world, then the unconditional love and devotion for the Father is not in them. And when he says for the world, do not love the world, he's not specifying things. He uses the word cosmos, which was a term that they used back then to encompass anything in the world. Anything that could have existed in the world. It wasn't limited to one thing or the other. So this is why I brought up the, the different uses of the words, right? Because John, he's, he's, he's not saying that we can't be fond of or have affection for or enjoy the things of the world. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, yes, Floyd, you can love TikTok, even though some of you think I shouldn't. Yes, you can love pizza. Yes, you can love puppies. Yes, you can love every single time the Ravens or the Browns lose. You can have that kind of fond affection for and enjoy that. Nothing wrong with that. But he is saying, Christians should not have unconditional love and devotion for anything in the world. The type of love that God has for us, we should not devote to the things of this world. Right Now, what we should do is take that unconditional love and devotion and direct it towards one another. We shouldn't have it for the things of this world, but we should have it for other Christians. And I'm going to jump ahead uh, a chapter um, because John uses the term agape over and over and over. He uses it, and I don't remember exactly, forgive me, almost 40-something times. Might be 50 if you take in you know, different uses, loved, loves, loving of the word. He uses it more than any other book in the Bible, with the exception of the Psalms, right? But the Psalms has 150 chapters, 1 John has five. So by comparison, he uses it a lot. He uses agape when talking about love for and from God, but also love we should have for one another. So in, excuse me, chapter three, he says this, for this is the message you heard from the beginning, we should have unconditional love and devotion for one another. He uses the word agape. It's the only term for love he uses throughout 1 John. That's the only type of love he's speaking about. So we should have that same unconditional devotion and love that God has for us. He says we should have it for another. Now here, he goes on a couple of verses later and says that we know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. Anyone who does not love remains in death. And when he's talking about death from life, he says, we know that we have passed from being spiritually dead without the Holy Spirit of God in us, right? To life, being spiritually alive, filled with the Holy Spirit, because we have unconditional love and devotion for each other. And he says, anyone who does not have that unconditional love and devotion, you remain spiritually dead. You remain in that place where God's not living through you in your life, right? So I'm going to jump back to chapter 2 where we were. 
So he says, do not love the world or anything in the world. Anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. So we don't have that unconditional love and devotion for the world or anything in the world. If we do, then the unconditional love for the Father, for God the Father is not in them. And he explains why. He says, because everything in the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. He says, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Now, this is important. He says, if your source of love is based on the world, then it's going to be this, things that you want for yourself, right? When he says uh, that word lust uh, literally means something that you're longing or craving, something that you want, and it could be something pleasurable, but it may not be something you're meant to have. So like when you lust after your neighbor's, you know, $300,000 car, and I, I've seen a lot of nice cars, and I'm like, I would love to have one of those, but I can't afford to pay for I don't have a $300,000 car job, which is why I don't have a $300,000 car, right? Some people look at, we look at, you know, you see people post them on time. Oh, look at this great log cabin, this great vacation spot, this multi-million dollar home, but we don't have multi-million dollar home jobs, right? So there's no sense lusting after it or craving for it because he says those things will pass away. Right? The cars, uh, the, the, all the things that we want, those things will pass away. So let me expound on this a little bit more. So when he talks about lust of the flesh, most people think it's always a physical, romantic, um, sexual thing. Not necessarily. Lust of the flesh refers to anything that makes us feel good. For me, it's like sugar. Right? I, I am a sugar addict. I am trying to, for the month of February, just tone down my sugar. Makes it really hard when, like, you walk in. There's sugar everywhere. Sugar. Cheesecake, this, that, donuts, everything. No offense to whoever bought the donuts. But, yeah, it's just sugar everywhere. But I'm trying to tone down my sugar. Because my body says, hey, there's nothing wrong with eating sugar. It's pleasurable. But it may not be what you need or what God wants you to have. Right? And the same is true when he talks about lust of the eyes. The things that we see that we automatically want, I'm also on a t-shirt fast. Even though, kid you not, almost bought three this morning, just scrolling through Facebook, and I was like, ooh, I could use that. But not everything we see is what we're supposed to have or good for us, but that's what he's talking about. And here's, here's where that all wraps up into, because he talks about the pride of life. And most of the time, a lot of things that we want are just so we can brag about ourselves. Look at how my $300,000 car, look at my you know, multi-million dollar home. There are people, and I'm not disrespecting, I, I don't know, but there are people that have a family of four but have homes with 20 bedrooms. And they don't have that many guests because they're in gated communities because they don't want people coming into their homes. It's overabundance. You don't need that much. But it's a look at all that I have. That's the way the world works, right? And here's the thing. So what John is saying, hey, the world, they have a different source of love than the Christian. 
the world's love is based on selfishness, whilst God's love is based on selflessness. The world's sense of love is based on, I see this, I want it. I feel like I need this. Look at how much stuff I have. God's sense of love is based on, look at how I gave my son to die for you. Not what you can give for me, but here, I'm going to give of myself to you. And then he capitalizes on that by giving us his Holy Spirit once we come and step across the line of faith and say, I want to experience that love, right? So all of these things are going to pass away, John says, and there's no sense wasting our time on all of these things that are going to pass away. If I did hit the lottery and got $100 million and did buy a $300,000 car, eventually it's going to die. It's going to need maintenance. It's going to rust. All of these things that we want are not going to last forever. But he said, we're going to last forever. And I think this is interesting. And sometime in the future, we're going to get to um, the book of Ecclesiastes. In the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon said, hey, pursuit of these fleeting pressures was meaningless. He said, pursuit of all these things that are romantic pleasures, all these things that are joyful, all these things that money could buy, and Solomon had more money than we can imagine. I mean, our minds cannot grasp how rich this man was, right? He had everything in his, like, throne room, and some of the things in his home just not plated or covered with gold. It was just gold. Like, it was just gold stuff everywhere. He had so much silver that I don't know what silver is going for today, but it was worthless because he had just so much of it. He was so rich. And he used his financial resources to experience pleasures that our minds cannot imagine. And then at the end of his life, he said, you know what? All of that was meaningless and a waste of time. Pursuing all of these things doesn't give us the joy that we think it does, right? So as Christians, we shouldn't give our unconditional love and devotion to things that will pass away and things that are meaningless. However, as the band comes up, I want to share this. Because the Bible tells us that, yes, we should give our unconditional love to one another. And we've read through this verse so many times that it, it might seem like ridiculous that we're going over it again. But this is the, uh, what the Apostle John records. Again, this is before Jesus was resurrected. This is before he went to the cross. This is before his death, burial, and his resurrection. And he's sitting with all of uh, his apostles. And he says, and I want you to read this with me, okay? Everyone read this with me together. You ready? A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, yes. everyone, everyone will know that you are my, are my disciples, disciples if you, you love, love one, one another. another. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to read it again because he uses that same word, agape love. So what Jesus is telling his disciples is, a new command I give you. Have unconditional love and devotion for one another. As I have had unconditional devotion and love for you, so you must have unconditional devotion and love for one another. And here's the key. 
He isn't talking about going and dying for someone. Because he hadn't gone to the cross yet. He's talking about the way that he treated them while he was on earth. He said, this is the type of love that you will supposed to have for one another. And he says, if you do this, everyone will know that you're my disciples, that you're followers, that you're Christians, if you have unconditional devotion and love for one another. He doesn't say they're going to know that you're Christians because you show up at a building on Sunday morning. He doesn't say they're going to know that you're Christians by the way that you vote. He doesn't say that they're going to know that you're Christians uh, by the way that you, you know, listen to Christian music, or even if you wear Christian t-shirts, or how many Christian memes you post on Facebook. He says the only way that everyone will know that you're a Christ follower, you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, that you're trying to live your life the way that he lived his, is if you have unconditional love and devotion for one another. So I'm going to ask you guys to stand. God, we pray that in our lives and in our homes and in our schools and in our workplaces, we pray that in our community and in our nation that we would have unconditional love and devotion for one another. We pray that we would have it for every other Christ follower, regardless of their denominational affiliation, regardless of uh, you know, how they vote. We pray that we would be a living example to the world, that we are your disciples by the way that we love one another. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 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 We hope you enjoyed the message. If you did, please leave a comment on our webpage, crossroadsofjeffersonhills.com, or our Facebook page. You can also join our Sunday celebration every Sunday at 1037 a.m. We look forward to hearing from you online or in person. Thank you, and God bless.